Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. Oh, he doesn't? Dude, Howard, I've always wondered at one thing. Did you or did you not get Robin Givens? I, I, I don't know. All right, yeah, no, no, I'm saying I, I would never. I mean, I, I, what do you mean you don't know? No, no, I didn't. I don't know. <clears throat> no, no, I did oh. not. You'd have to know. Right. But if someone wants to fix themselves, ah, uh, different thing. I am telling you that it is possible. There is no such thing as genetic homosexuality. Or, it's or fixable. I know the guy who can fix it. He doesn't even know he can fix it. So he hasn't said this is a cure for this. No. No, but I am telling you homosexuality is fixable. <laughs> Hello. Do you, Hello. Have a, do you have a big dick? Did you go into therapy? You've never been to a psychiatrist. It does. I like that. I like to hear that guys are whacking off. Yeah. I don't want to be in a wig and a purse. <laughs> I do that in my personal life. No. No. I'm just like a happy-go-lucky guy. And all this is about having fun. That's right. Okay, what do you do for a living? And I'm not, it's, not gonna, it's not one of those, you know, oh, who are you? But what do you do for a living? You know, it, Really not. You do therapy? Just, no. Never? I, I've dabbled. No, I'm there every day. My daughter's uh, 15. All her friends are like, consumed with who's gay and who isn't. Exactly. Yeah, that's like a big that's thing. The new yeah, right. They think I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's they, gay. Which it was. They come over, Tzvi, Tzvi. They named me Tzvi. First of all, fuck you. My name is Howard. Why can't you just be Howard? Why do you have to have a separate name? They had name? to give you a Hebrew name. How before they worked uh, weeks? Nah. <laughs> the audience gets mad at me if I take a week off. I can't take Fridays off. I think the audience would rather have you four days than no days. Yeah, if you're not there at all. Yeah. Well, it's better not to be there. I believe radio is a habitual kind of medium. That people wake up in the morning, they go to work, and they want to hear their favorite disc jockey. Oh, absolutely. And if you're not there on Fridays, you are doing a disservice to the audience. And you're not doing your job. I don't think I'm interested in the, the five-day-a-week sketch. Oh, you know. that came with that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, terrestrial radio, you got to do a five-day-a-week sketch. Silence def- because yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I drive into Manhattan every day and I listen to you, okay? And if you cut out the bitching, it probably would be about an hour booking. <laughs> You're right. Do you want to know something? Okay. So we- Now, how long are you going to keep the hair? I'm going to keep the hair as long as it keeps uh, on there's top a, of my head. What do you mean? There's a point in time that it's... Uh, Is my hair too long, you think? When you get a certain age, I think that the Do you hair- think it looks silly? Yeah. You do? Really? I do. So this is Rylebond? Yes. Okay, friend of the aliens. Yes, right. Uh, why are you people bugging my time with four hours of faggotism? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Can't you come up with another solution? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Quite Frankly. I'm your host, Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore Fingers. And, of course, with me is the stupendous, lovely, and wonderfully, um, what was going to say, analogy-laden my co-host, <laughs> Sam. Hi. That was such a nice intro, Fillmore. <laughs> I'll try. I try my best to do Shadow Stevens, but I won't do it today. <laughs> um, we uncovered something a few, uh, I guess a month ago, a YouTuber uploaded the infamous... Sally Jesse Raphael appearance of Robin 
um, the <laughs> that Robin did during her book promotion tour uh, in, I would say, uh, let's see, okay, the, the day that Howard talks about it is July 21st of 1995. So it was either a week, the previous week or a day before, but either way, it was summer. And it was basically book promotion for Quivers of Life, which had been released in April on April 1st, and that's not a joke, guys, <laughs> April 1st of that year. So maybe it was the paperback edition or just late promotion, you know, usually about months after you've released a book, you don't go promoting it. Um, and <laughs> you want to talk a little about it, Sam? <laughs> well, mm -hmm. Robin is definitely her most, uh, how shall we say, Rob? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I, get, I, I don't even want to describe this. I just want to go through this. Okay, I think we'll it's go, better. We'll go Let's it. not give anything away. Oh, wait, you won't. But I, would, I should ask you, had you seen it originally? Because I never saw it. And I just, I got, never I, saw I just it. got finished. I finished uh, messaging Benjamin about it. He'd never seen it either. So he says, I'm definitely tuning in for this one. Um, she, from the clips I, I got, she is so fucking angry. This is, yeah. remember, post-book, she's post-recovered, guys. She's cured, remember, quote, unquote. I think, and maybe this is just, I don't know, I, I guess a hypothesis, but I think this book promotion sent her in such a tizzy because remember, she walked out of studio after going to the Cleveland book signing. That's correct. And as we discussed, and Benjamin can agree, he thinks that most of the book is bullshit. So imagine having to schlep bullshit for months on end, knowing you're a phony fuck, Mm -hmm. I think she's just teetering on, I, I don't know, she's like a woman on the brink. Yeah. And whether she's aware of it or not, because she claims she didn't have any idea about the graphics being shown, uh, the the caption that's occasionally run under her <laughs> show, it says, they say I hate my race. And <laughs> I kind of laugh because I never watched that show. I I didn't know if it's always supposed to be that salacious and that like kind of Jerry Springer-ish before Jerry oh. Springer. Well, I th I loved I used to love to stay home from school and watch those like talk shows. That was like my favorite, yeah. and I loved Sally Jesse Raphael. No joke, mm -hmm. I really did. Okay. And they always had those type of headlines. But back then, I don't remember thinking that's salacious. I kind of just thought that was how talk shows in daytime were. Well, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really think about it. Like you're going for the most. You're going for something that's the most affecting, I suppose. Something that's the most um, incendiary. You know, that'll create a discussion. I mean, you want people talking about your show. How else? How better than to tackle, you know, race issues or you know, people that you know, that have views that are controversial. I mean, Christ, Geraldo had the the clan guy on and got a chair thrown <laughs> in his face. Who wouldn't want to see that? Uh, Howard had the clan guy on too and went in Robin's booth for a roast. <laughs> and gave him money for games. <laughs> Multiple times. Okay. So anyway, guys, basically it turned up out of nowhere on YouTube and I don't even know why I found it or how I found it, but it was Sprans making new. I said to Sam, oh my, I sent it through, I sent her the link. I said, don't share this. We got to go through this and do an episode and then put it out. And she was all, she was all down for it. I, I do love, by the way, the caption, I hate my race as she's, it is so fucking funny. I burst out laughing. <laughs> well, they, yeah, it's, it's quote, they say I hate my race, which yes, is yes. It's kind of, it's the same. Uh, but uh, I think it, had they said, I really hate black people, Robin still would have gone on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not joking. So anyway, because if you read her book, it, and it's it will just touch on that a little bit. Um, she's she makes she dabbles at being sort of black powerish, and then kind of supposedly evolves into well, you know, I'm just proud of being me, and she parrots that here a little bit. Uh, but you don't get a sense that first of all, you she you barely talks about any friends in the book, and it's it's a, it's a jarring read. I will say that at the least. Quivers alive. Yeah, she's so. Her and Howard mirror each other in this way, where they are so narcissistic that people in their books feel like these peripheral characters that kind of come in and out, but nobody actually affects them. It's just all about them in their head. They're in. Yeah. Like, what was that part where she's like, "I'm black, I'm black." They address that. They address that. She said she at that one point. Okay, so it was the couch. Picture it, guys. Sicily, 1925, whatever. <laughs> she goes, um, basically, it's the height of the, the, you know, the race riots in the late 60s and the, uh, you know, um, it's black power and et cetera, et cetera, becoming a movement. And so in order to do this self-affirmation thing, she starts going to the mirror and saying, I like being black. I like being oh, black. Yeah, that was it. I like being black. When I had to repeat that for the for the uh, review we did at the other place, I couldn't. I lost it. I couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> because and my wife read it. And she said, I, who wrote this? She said, she, did she ever <laughs> write it? No way. This is clearly transcribed <laughs> from a you know video, audio cassette. So anyway, without further ado, guys, let's get into Sally Jesse. And uh, the quality is excellent, and we're going to cut into it every so often. Um, hopefully it stays on YouTube for the purposes of this um, podcast. So enjoy. Please welcome the woman who has kept Howard Sturm in check, Robin Cooper. <laughs> One thing I had to say, first of all, she, that fucking smile of hers, when people used to say she looks like the predator with the dreadlocks, <laughs> it really does look like, <laughs> there's an episode of Tree's Company where Jack's got to film a cooking show and Terry gets scared, so she's just frozen, smiling, looking at the camera. This is exactly <laughs> what I, I'll see if I can find the video. I'll put a gif up. She, she's clearly nervous, right? I mean, we've we've said this before about her on camera. She's awful on camera. If she's not in the Howard Stern world on camera, she's completely. Um, deer she's not genuine and deer in the headlights. Yeah, she's yeah. very uncomfortable, and she's you know she doesn't look awful. She looks no. fine. She's a little she's a little bit heavier than sometimes, but she's not completely you know a couch. Right, she's not too tontassy. You're better at your history than I am. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that long. I've been having a good time. Have you? That's very important. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Since 1981, Robin has been teamed up with one of the most controversial broadcasters in history, Howard Stern. Like, she looks like a cross between she's got major diarrhea on the way or she's furious and she's about to rip Sally's head off. I have to say, who's who thought this hairstyle, no offense, like, you couldn't do anything else with it? Like, really? Am I know I'm not supposed to make fun of people like about their appearance. All right, yeah. fine. But I mean, it's really bad. 
broadcasters in history, Howard Stern. And they even did a Roper poll on Howard Stern, and they found out 61% found that Howard was demeaning toward blacks minorities. Well, by the way, everybody, this whole um, blurring that you see that was done by the uploader or it was done by whatever, who, who, like the, the, the people, the show, I don't know, they were meant to... I think after Howard got pissed off at it or something, he might have sued them and t told them, get the likenesses off. I have no idea. But either way, um, that's just pictures of Howard or uh, pictures of the book. For some reason, they're blurred out. I'm not sure why that is. Hmm. Well, we didn't do that. So Now, the most asked question of you has got to be, as a black woman, how do you justify working for a man who's been labeled uh, a racist? Well, all By day other long, people. yes, all day long. I hear. First of That's all, let me point question, out. That's the one question, right? Aren't you bored? Point out in that poll, forty percent of the country didn't think he was that way. That's <laughs> okay. pretty good. You know, that's surprising. Yeah, our presidents are elected by little better margins than that. Exactly. So that's pretty good. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, she's this, she's not able to answer questions uh, all the time. Like a lot of the time, she gets. It's almost like non sequiturs for the point of uh, just getting her voice out there. But uh, you know, Robin also isn't some political pundit pollster, so I don't even think she knows what the hell she's talking about. No, it's just nonsense. Uh, that's number one. Number two, sixty percent of the country has never heard Howard Stern either. I mean, we are only heard in twenty markets across the country. Okay. <laughs> I bet you Wiggy got pissed off at that because because he wants to believe he's in syndication everywhere. But there yeah. she is admitting he's not number one. He's not syndicated in so many places. Wow. So certainly some of those people giving their opinion have never heard the show and they're responding to what they read in the press. That's right. I do not believe that I'm working with a racist or a sexist person. We certainly deal with all of those topics and issues on our but show. But in his heart, he is not. As far as I'm concerned, no. But how okay. do you know a person's heart? You only know what you know. That's I true. have known him to be a generous performer, a good co-worker and partner, and that's why I'm there. I'm there because we do an entertainment show, number one, and we're having a good time. Now, this is also, I believe, guys, the same year she went on The Tonight Show and Linda Ronstadt called her out, and we are going to play that at one point because it's like two minutes long. Um, but it, it ties into this because she just, she appears, she, she looks, comes off so bad that uh, it's got to be embarrassing for Howard on some level. Well, don't you think how she's defending this, like, okay, just say no. The way yeah. she's defending it so ferociously makes it so I think he's probably racist. Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, like, uh, <laughs> it's a roundabout uh, this defense is kind of a dog whistle, honey. What are you doing? <laughs> Define racist. A uh, guy who put on blackface and uh, talks about uh, every single, uses every slur possible known to man. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Listen, Sally, I know people call him racist. It's just because he talked about jerking off to Aunt Jemima. I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> and a lot of people who also listen to that show enjoy it for the, on that level. There are now a lot of talk. There's now a lot of talk about talk radio. Oh, yes. Especially um, now that we have a Democratic president and a Republican Congress and a lot of focus has been placed on talk radio. However, we don't do those kind of shows. We're not doing a political We're not trying to tell people how they're living, how to live their lives or how to vote on issues. So you were just, she just wanted to bring up a presidential, uh, the ratio of presidential votes needed to win as compared to the amount of listeners 
who uh, who find the show racist, then she goes, we're not political. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. Uh, I cannot believe that there was just one question asked, and mm-hmm. this is still going on as oh, an answer. It. She loves oh, her own voice. No one loves insane. her own voice. Yeah. We try to entertain you on your way to work in the morning. I think that's fair enough. I don't think he is necessary. I don't believe that in my heart, I don't think he's a racist or a sexist. I think it's like everything else. And I spent 36 years in radio. To me, it's an act. Mm-hmm. It's like Rush Limbaugh's an act. And uh, he will do whatever he needs to do to shock, because if he didn't, he wouldn't be Howard Stern and he wouldn't be on the air. Inside, I find him probably an average... <laughs> average <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> average dolt? It was funny, because uh, later on, he goes on to trash her. What I didn't realize, guys, he's sort of right. She was a bit of a failure before this show. This show kind of got steamy. She, I think she had this show 18 years. But for radio, she was kind of getting bounced from gig to gig. It's true. Uh, but this thing was super popular. Yep. Uh, he, plus, he hates nothing more than women who are in radio becoming successful on television. Hi, so, Wendy Williams. So yeah. these, he resents that, I think, more than probably rival radio hosts. Oh, more, yeah. He wants the TV success. Yeah, desperately. So Oprah getting that gig. Oh, well, we know it's Oprah. Hate is well, well documented. But Sally, this one, this one was kind of new for me. You most most members of the media are inside liberals, and I think he probably is. You I would think have to discuss does. that with him. I can't answer those questions. I can certainly answer the ones about justifying my role on the show. Has there ever been a point where you think he went too far? Okay. Yes, yeah, Sam. See, so Robin's like, oh, well, we do a show for entertainment, but I could tell you he's definitely not racist, but you're going to have to ask him if he's a liberal. <laughs> Way to I defend. Mean, <laughs> I mean, that's logical, right? Yeah, totally. I don't think that anytime you're having a conversation about something, you can go too far. What we are doing is seeing what people say about things, how people talk in real life. Okay. You know, we have uh, this backlash in the country where we think everything on the radio or TV should be nice and pristine. But I'd like to point out to people that during some of the worst times in this country, there wasn't television, movies, or radio to influence people. You know, we had slavery. There were no TVs. Okay, (laughs) this is nonsensical. The thing is, she's saying, we we have a discussion. He had skits. He had sketches. When he was doing, they were patently racist that he's had to sort of apologize for in, the, in this year, actually, and uh, which he never really apologized for. It was all sort of, you know, that was the time, that was the, you know, that was the, you know, which is fine, okay. But if you're going to walk it back, walk it back. She's saying it, we only dealt with it. We were just, it was all discussions. But no, he actively put out racist crap to be sensational. As well right. as having people in like Daniel Carver and whatever. Yeah, it was brought in, but they also initiated it. The Rodney were, King stuff, you remember that. Jesus. Uh, oh, yes, of course. He was totally racist. But there were times where they had, which I think a lot of it was Billy West, which yes. pointed out racism in a funny way by doing the Marge Shot character, for example. That was very nuanced. And mm-hmm. I didn't think it was racist. I think it was pointing out her racism by imitating that on the radio. And I think that was, in you know, nuanced humor. But him, for the most part, he was just <laughs> flat out a racist. 
a radio. Was, That's you're it. Right. There, there was no nuance. There was no subtlety to his wearing, dressing up like Spike Lee and, you know, putting on blackface. I mean, every, to this day, every black guy has the OJ voice. <laughs> or the Amos and Andy voice. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody there knew what was no, going on. Uh, movie telling people and reinforcing those negative opinions of black people that kept us enslaved during the time when they were using hoses to wash black people down the street for asking for their rights. Everybody was very polite on the radio and the television, but it didn't make people change those attitudes or opinion. What changed those attitudes and opinions was confrontation. Okay. Robin, you're very comfortable with who you are and with your race. Did you always feel that way? I don't think growing up at the time that I did, a lot of people felt comfortable with their race. You know? Now, she's making it seem like she, she got off the slave ship. Yeah, she had hardship. Absolutely. I'm sure. She's just growing up in Baltimore, like lower income housing, whatever your race would have been hard. And then being, you know, in a, in a black neighborhood at the time, I'm sure it was fucking tough. There's no question. Right. But she's making it seem like she's Martin Luther King. And she's had to like fight through. Go ahead. Plus, I think the way she's answering these questions just so insanely intense. I feel like Sally's just like, okay, well, let's pivot to something else. And like, I don't know. It's really (laughs) rough. She's getting she's getting a little roundup. She's remember that git gif that um, Raven uses with the little kid on the merry-go-round where she's sleeping, but she's grabbed onto it. Yes, she's getting dragged around. That's how Sally, I think, feels at this point. We right. were taught taught to look down when we were addressed by white people. We were told that you know we were supposed to step back and let them have their turn when it came time to be served at a counter. There were some places in the country where we could not be served food. We couldn't That's drink right. out of the same water fountain or go to the same bathroom, the and we couldn't be registered at the same hotel. So certainly there was a lot of negative. Uh, impressions out there of what it meant to be black, even as we were growing up. And I grew up in the time that all those civil rights uh, laws came into effect. So we were at that changing period, and blacks had been suffering under those Jim Crow laws for years when I was being raised. And people taught me, yes, you can't talk up to white people. They're smarter than we are. So you got a lot of negative imprinting. And it took a long time to figure out that that was just the old hogwash. That's right. And you didn't have to feel that way. You didn't have to think of yourself that way. And there was no way anyone could stop you if you felt good about yourself. Thing is, so she never felt good about herself and it had nothing to do with being black. It was about being in the slow class. It was about, according to her in the book, the teacher hated me. Uh, You know, she hated me because she hated my cousin. So she took it out on me. Um, You know, the the, the awful, it was always someone else's fault in in Robin's book. Yes, in Robin's book, it's it's everyone's fault. Right, but it wasn't race-related specifically. And then she, she addressed it. Very little of the book deals with race, to be brutally honest. So you'll have to read it for yourselves, guys. I, I hate to recommend it to you. But if you do, then it explains a lot more of why we, we hate so much to, to hear her. So then, okay, but listen to how she's answering this question. Okay, then if you do believe what she's saying, which obviously it's true, like that must have been a hard time growing up. And so mm-hmm. you you believe in yourself and you overcame it. So what do you do? You work for a racist that mocks yeah. black people every yeah. day to your face and you get to sit there and participate in this by saying nothing and giving uh, him a pass. But also, Good job. 
But ima- also imagine having to defend him on every interview and not being, this has got to gall her even more. She's not being asked about her own, you know, not her, first of all, her, her culpability in the, in the relationship and the work relationship, but also having to defend him when he's not there to defend himself and having to be his sort of like pit bull instead of being interviewed about her own merits, which are zero. Right. Which are, <laughs> she's a newsreader. I failed upwards most of my life, Sally. <laughs> Pretty much. And when she starts talking about the military, you're going to laugh, guys. As a teenager, you would say to yourself, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. <laughs> Why? Well, at the time, we were colored people. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm colored. I'm colored. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. It was, it was my effort at changing my uh, feeling about being a black person raised in America to stop letting other people determine what my name should be. I wasn't going to be a Negro anymore. I wasn't going to. That's not true. She was doing that because she had no identity. And in her book, she was just saying, I'm, I decided to go militant. I'm black. I love being black, you know, black power. It was not about being embarrassed by who you were. It was about this is, I'm going to latch onto this the same way. uh, Some, some guy who's, you know, like not flamboyantly gay decided, gay because no one is born going girlfriend i'm telling you right now you are working my last nerve you know right. you, it's an it's an affectation it's not it's not something uh it's something you decide that's going to be my gig i'm militant i'm you know i'm going to be the uh the i don't know uh social justice warrior i'm going to be the gruff da 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 yeah sam And this took a backseat, by the way. So the way she's making this sound is not how it sounded. And it was written in the book, by the way, at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way she's making this sound is like this had a profound effect in her life. This was a couple of pages in the book. And most of it is just wallowing in failures and self-pity of her life and had nothing to do about race. No, it had to do about about failed relationships, running back to failed jobs, like (laughs) laziness. Yeah. And eating. And incompetence, ultimately. Like, she she get bragged about not doing her work in the military and, like, not keep, keeping hospital corners and not, you know, a, a, adhering to the dress code and not su- saluting superior officers as if she was, like, fucking Rambo. Uh, and, um, you know, getting promoted. Anyway, it was just, it's retarded. I'm sorry. Be colored. Oh, I, I decided that I the revolutionary thing was to be black. Nobody ever confronted that issue. You know, it was a thing I nobody wanted to be called. So I would just say, I'm black. I'm black. And then I finally started saying it out loud. You should have seen the uh, reaction. <laughs> it was incredible. Where to yourself? The, in the yeah, mirror? Well, wait, yeah, because she, she, she said it to her. It was She was by herself when she was doing this. What, what did, your, did your reflection talk back to you? Good job, Robin. Snow White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's, Who's the, the blackest of them all? <laughs> that be you, sister. Ability to succeed come from in you. Uh, Robin was a nurse. Robin went on and made herself a nurse. Mm-hmm. Went to the service. And has, I think most people will say, has made a big success of her life. Well, thank you. Where does that come from? I think some of it was innate. And the other part... Do you? Yeah. That, you are you know, born that you're going, no matter what your color, you're born that you're going to do that or you're not going to do it. That's Yes, strange. because I've seen too many examples of people who haven't had all the right, right. things happen to them in their lives and they succeed anyway. So some... <laughs> 
she's a classic example of someone failing upwards. If you read the book, she was a complete fuck up. When she gets to NBC, it's like the ice. By the time she gets to NBC, it's the worst. Yeah, go ahead. I don't get it. She says it's innate. Oh, I just saw. I I think it's innate. No, you were shocked every time you got promoted. You were shocked every time you got anything in your life that it was working out for you. So it wasn't innate. It was lucky. It was was complete fucking luck that you were shit canned all the time. It was fluke. And also, and I'm I'm not honestly, I'm not being racist at at some point uh, in military specifically at that time and in radio certainly there was a quota system in place and it was uh, explained by i believe it was judy deangelis i'm not sure i can't remember i think it was judy deangelis they explained that howard for example as a foil it would be perfect for him to have a woman but also a black woman the uh, it would be uh, it would just it would suit him better and i'm sure with so it's what we all know it was she was the bulletproof vest how can he be racist if he's working with a black woman right Right. So it was, I mean, so when we say tokenism, it is, I'm sorry. That's just the, the matter of that. That's it's the point of how many years later we get Robin is wrong. She's completely useless tit. You know, it's, she is the longest token career ever. She will for, she has ever been no offense. Right. right. So that, you know, is being born a fighter, being born a rebel who's not going to just accept the status quo. Oh. And the other part is that I had really good role models in the sense that at, at the time there was Martin Luther King and yes. um, oh. and Muhammad Ali, all of these people who were standing up and saying the things we needed to hear, that it was wrong how black people were treated in this country and that you had a right at birth to have the same rights and privileges as every other American. And there was nothing about you that innately made you bad or wrong. Did you know? Yeah, go ahead, Sam. See, all these things she's saying are noble, except for the fact your story ends by working for Howard Stern. So, you know, it really doesn't matter what right. this speech means because you chose to latch your wagon on to a career racist. Yeah. So what's the what's the defense? That's the whole point. You're not defending him. You're actually just uh, anyway, just we'll keep playing, guys. This is a long yeah. clip. So well, that uh, recently Robin and Howard saved a life by preventing a caller from committing suicide. We, we, and, we know uh, that this, this is bullshit the time that Robin encountered a suicidal person. But she herself at one point entertained thoughts of taking her own life. We're going to tell that shocking tale next. That's the most awkward smile you could ever imagine when someone has just told you, told a complete bullshit story, repeating your own bullshit story that you were suicidal. She was was not suicidal, ever. No, that's why I'm saying I think this press tour really really fucked her up because it's just more bullshit and spinning of lies do you mm-hmm. when i'm watching this too and how her reactions are i wonder if she were in like under questioning in an fbi situation they were probably like i've never seen a sociopath like this in my life yeah it would just be like that colonel the uh, the uh the canadian forces colonel that uh, that 20 minute into that that yeah. out to a, that interrogation where he finally breaks down anyway it's, check it out on youtube guys it's amazing She's just loving the attention. She's loving the fact that she's on network, well, daytime. Welcome back. We're talking daytime with show. Uh, half of that team. And I give her co-billing. If he doesn't, I do anyhow. Radio personality Robin Quivers. 
life wasn't always easy. She uh, has been very open in discussing that she often entertained thoughts of suicide. And we said, let's talk about this. Tell me why. Oh, in the depths of depression when I didn't think things were working well and that I was possibly going to lose the opportunity to do whatever it was I wanted to do or never see my dreams come true. I didn't really examine at the time what those deep-seated feelings of failure were all about. But when it seemed that I was not going to be able to do what I wanted to do, oftentimes my out would be suicide. Well, if it gets too bad, if I feel too bad, if I can't take it anymore, I can just kill myself. That's not suicidal thoughts. Suicidal thoughts are when you feel like killing yourself because you have nothing left. You don't, Wait. You're the, you, don't, you don't say, well, you know, if it doesn't work in the Air Force, I could just kill myself as like an aside. Right. And, and, and uh, by the way, she, she actively sabotaged her own career by not getting out of bed and going to work. So when <laughs> things do, and she's acting like when I thought, you know, things weren't going my way, Robin, you made them not go your way by not going to work, by being impossible. You were right. going to cause your own suicide by, so you were lazy, didn't get out of bed, might lose your job. And now because you might've had lost your job, I should just kill myself. I think that's the best option. Like what? <laughs> I mean, when she gets to, when she gets to NBC, she's directed to as a newsreader, supposed to have four stories, uh, read four stories in the, in the five minutes or whatever she's given, but she couldn't figure out how to time it properly. So she said, what well, instead of four, I decided I just give three stories. And, <laughs> and so I do less work. And uh, then she got in shit for it. And she goes, and that wasn't good enough. Once I figured that out, once I, my pronunciation issues were sorted out, that was a problem. Then they hated my writing, you know, that had, that had to be corrected before it went on the air. Yeah, because you're working for NBC. You're not working for, you know, WFAG in fucking Washington or wherever the fuck. So it's they, their standards were higher, and she couldn't meet those standards, and that's why they were pissed. They hired this fucking token, and she couldn't do the job, all because Howard pushed it. Like, we want her. We, we need her. Well, she's useless. Well, we need her. Her voice. Right. I mean, he, she does owe him her career. And oh, absolutely. She, uh, she wouldn't have survived life. anywhere else. So, mm -hmm. no. Well, it's, I mean, she did have, before, when he went to Washington, uh, sorry, when he went to New York, the, uh, I think Goff was the one who decided, okay, no, we'll offer you. She just, they decided she must be worth something because at, at, at any rate, they offered her a huge salary. And she sat on the decision for five weeks and the offer was off the table, more indecisiveness. But either way, she would have been something in radio, but nothing like what she ever became. And certainly not the money she made with Howard. Plus, you know, Howard said how he could get them all mad. Remember that segment? And he said, yeah. Robin can't handle criticism. And that is entirely true. Oh, yes. I mean, even to do the job that's being asked of you, she considers criticism. That's how yeah. fucking sensitive she is. Oh, for sure. And that was a way of sort of getting through, you know, the whatever was going on at the time. It happened uh, a number of times during my career, but I would think that the worst times were uh, that period in the Air Force when I really wanted to get out and they wouldn't let me. Oh, complete bullshit. She willingly stayed in the Air Force because she, she they overpaid her. It was a clerical error. They overpaid her for their, her duration during her tenure there, whatever you want to call it, her time and her, her service time. And she, 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 in the book, she claims, I chalked it up to being a good money manager that I had so much more money than everybody else. So she overspent, and then she ran up credit bills and all this stuff, and then she was forced to 
she, they told her you got to pay this back. Something like $10,000, maybe more, 40000 yeah. something like that. I don't know how much. I can't remember the exact figure. I threw out the book after we did the review. And um, she, she, they said, well, you can have the option of like deferring your your leave. You can stay longer and we'll take stuff off. You will garner your wages, basically. And that's how she pays. She chose to do that. She chose to do that. They didn't force her to stay. Right. And she also chose to take the money and not say anything. And then she said, uh, you know, if I if I was going to be forced to stay, I decided I needed a few creature comforts. So I got a huge like 19 inch TV in like the 70s, which was not a small investment. And uh, I had to get all this crap. So she ran up her credit bills. Don't you like how she chose to do the wrong thing? And it's the Air Force's fault. Yeah. Like she's she's contradicting her own book this is the whole point and she's on national television and she's full of shit but she knows no one's read her book and sally's not going to call her on it because sally's an idiot and uh then when we were uh hired by wnbc the radio station that only he was hired you weren't hired not at first yeah and uh then when we got to nbc it was a real awful situation you know we weren't welcomed with open arms and it was a very difficult time and we got a lot of Didn't, uh, negative somebody, pounding. I remember from the book somebody said uh, to Howard, your program will never be heard in New York, which is very typical broadcast stuff for them to do to you. You'll never make it. You're, you're yeah, up. you apparently had a lot of that in your career. They always said that. Never could, never possible, never any of that. And I just think maybe they do that as standard uh, practice. You, in the book, you candidly discuss what you consider your first heavyweight title bout with your father, right? Tell us about that. Well, at 11 years old, I was I was what I would consider a daddy's girl. He was my favorite parent, and we hung out together, and I thought he was my best friend. And at the age of 11, he turned that into something a little bit different. One day, I was on my way out to play with some friends after school, and he said, come give me a hug. And it wasn't like any hug he had ever given me before it lasted a long time it felt different and the next thing I know he was kissing me on the lips which was not something we did in our home and it turned into months of uh, increasing sexual molestation yes ma'am yeah so if anybody wants to get wants to get into the book it's just if you read about it it's later on when she gets into um, it's like crisis support uh, group I, I can't remember if it was when she went to landmark or est Whatever, not Lamb. Yeah, it was asked at the time, where she decides it's like a, a victims, you know, uh, you know, you know, where the survivors of sexual molestation. She's hearing all these stories, but she doesn't say anything until the place empties out and the person who's running it. She sits down and she tells the story of what happened to her father. It's plausible but improbable. And the way that years later, we've, we talked about this on another episode, because I don't believe she was sexually molested. I think that was completely made up. And if you read the book, you'll understand why, because she lies about so much else. And also, it seems like she had to be, she, and she admits to a lying later on. She says, I had to make it up to make it juicy to sell the book. The editor told me I had to, uh, the publisher, rather. I think that, like, as Benjamin does, that the molestation was created in that uh, in, in like that, in, what do you call it? The support group, not unearthed. I agree with that. And part of the reason is because, uh, you know, how about when you're talking about this right now, Robin, you know, you can bring up how you discuss these serious topics on the Howard Stern show and you have ham hands, bill call and make a song about 
uh, getting the Vaseline and your butt cheeks are warm and everyone has a good laugh. Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone in that audience who experiences sexual molestation of a parent would not deal or even come close to dealing with that trauma, I'm sure, the way Robin so uh, flippantly laughs about it. I mean, it's just not normal. It's not normal. It's completely abnormal. And it flies in the face of established victims' experiences. I'm I'm talking, guys, not just anecdotally. I'm talking research, empirically. People who have, people who are uh, victims of sexual molestation, especially with regards to the family, don't find it easy to talk about it. True. But they certainly don't fucking joke about it ever. No, I mean, imagine, let's picture, let's flip this. Picture one of Harvey Weinstein's victims sitting on that stage right now and having a good laugh about the rape that they had to endure for a part. Now picture Harvey Weinstein's your father and that happened. So this is Robin saying that she's molested by her father and all they do and how they discuss it is joking around about it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't ring true. Yeah, and it leads me to believe, like maybe the rest of the co-workers did, that it was nonsense. They didn't believe that either. I think they all thought most of the book was bullshit. They just couldn't say it. Some of it they said, okay, well, it's bullshit. But that part especially, even though they wouldn't verbalize it, I think they, they never bought it. I think they thought it was bullshit, but couldn't say it. And that's why, remember when the book came out and they read it? Yeah, they were on, They were all so uncomfortable they're like i can't even look at you right now because they didn't even know what the fuck to think like what kind of sociopath has this life comes in here every day and acts a certain way but meanwhile this is your life and then brings her parents in the studio after that i and i like guys like i said i tried to find the audio i don't have it if someone has it out there um i have the day but it's truncated and i really need to find that to hear it because the way it was explained fred and jackie were aghast like they couldn't believe that this monster you write about you're bringing him in and parading him around as if none of that happened you don't get over stuff like that and you certainly don't run back to that molester alleged molester when you have a fucking problem every time you fucked up and that's what she did throughout the course of the book. Ran back to mommy and daddy and got money and treated them like shit and threw stuff around the house and acted like clean shit. So she alternates from being this strong, proud woman to uh, crying <laughs> endlessly and needing their fucking support. So they're both to- they're just both total narcissistic frauds. Yes, and they come so. across that way on television, especially. Absolutely. Um, Robin, you know there is such a thing as black pride, and mm-hmm. I fail to see any of that in you. In this day and time where they're portraying black people as negative influence in our lives, I see you contribute to that. I used to watch the Howard Stern show, but after watching you, I became so disgusted with the way that you acted that I couldn't even watch it anymore. I mean, I used to see you when he would make his when he would make his races remarks and degrade women, you would be laughing like some type of hyena. I call you Howard's hyena. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so we're going to go into that. But a lot of of people felt the same way for decades. I love this. I love this. So this is this is really where the bone of contention is that someone is uh, saying like why aren't you sticking up for, and they're right she doesn't really stick up for him every time he made these racist things she just let let it go, and it wasn't like she wasn't defending anybody ever. You know we say that we have been saying this all along, but I have to be honest with you, 
watching this and having a person of color say this to her face we could talk about this till we're blue in the face film more, but until you see this, you're like, yes. oh, okay, we believe right. you now. But there should be something that money should not be able to buy. Well, well that's your opinion. Whoa. We constantly hear all day long people talking about our racist society. Yes. And uh, then people say to me, how can you sit there with that racist? Well, if society is racist, then all of us are sitting here with racist. Why are you doing that? We have to learn to talk to each other in this country and deal with our problems, address the situation. You don't get up and run out of a room just because somebody says something you don't like. So you're supposed to take it. You're supposed to you just what, though, sit idly up. by and take it. Right, but you do get up and walk out of a room when somebody talks about your lateness because that's really offensive. <laughs> Let's get to the real issue. That is your opinion. That's how you plan to deal with it. And shouting at somebody has never changed their mind about anything. <laughs> like she's doing. Not you. I'm talking about talking to Howard. And when we do right. a skit on the show and you find it racist, if I were to then scream and walk out, it would still go on. Right. <laughs> she's not defending his racism. She still hasn't defended him yet. Okay. So, one. She just contradicted what she said in the first half when she was like, I believe in my heart that he's not a racist. Now, it's, if he's doing something racist, I am sticking up for, for everyone because I am I'm going to have a conversation about it. I'm not leaving the room. So good on me. She's crazy. What she's really, what she really should just do is pull out one of those publishers clearing, publishers sweepstakes, clearinghouse, whatever, the huge check they used to give on TV and say, this is what I made last week. And that's why I'm on the show. That's right. I mean, just to be Be honest honest about it, Robin, you're not, you're not doing it to have discussions to talk about issues. Of You're doing it because you like the paycheck and it's easy. Absolutely. It's dummy proof. She never has to do anything but talk or give her opinions until it's news time. Okay, that's the important thing. And she always had interns get her the fucking news reports. But she's never pressed like this. So she's, you know, spinning her t- her bullshit tales on stage with Sally. And now somebody actually calls her out on her shit. And she can't hold it together for five seconds. She's no. like, no shit. Shouting doesn't work. Why, why are you, <laughs> are you yelling shouting? at this? Why are you but yelling at this? You don't make jokes of it. You don't make jokes of it. You don't. It on a serious you note. don't. Uh, on a serious you have note. no ability so to laugh you at yourself. It, you and you're saying okay. that you I okay don't have the right to choose how out. I would handle myself okay. in that situation. On a serious level. That's no. what you would do. Let me, let me talk one do. at a time. What is happening, I have no argument with what you're saying. But when you hear two people talk, one, the mic cancels out. Right. So what we're going to have to do is she's going to say what she says, then you leave a pause, right. and then you say, go ahead, I- I'm willing to listen to you. What right. is it you're what telling saying- her? Thank you, Sally. But <laughs> It's getting so far too late. Too little, right. too late. <laughs> Sally's the original Mike Wallace. <laughs> but you have to say it in front of the mic. Okay. Helps okay, me. what I'm Thank saying you. is that the way you deal with this this racism, as you put it, is is not it's it's not a funny issue. It's not a funny issue. You don't issue. listen to our show to constantly. There it's are nothing to laugh right, at until okay. it's dealt with seriously. All right, let me right? let me address you now. Our show has many different 
uh, spices and uh, spices. there are, yes, absolutely. We, <laughs> at times, we are in the midst of doing a bit. At other times, we are discussing the news. At various times, we're just having a discussion about life in general. To characterize our show as dealing with any situation in one way is to characterize it in ways that it does not exist. But we why, are having why, a conversation. Why is it that you, as a black woman, you is know the what you can do. You know issue. what you can do. That is not true. That is not true. We take on every group and every situation, and all you can hear is when it's about black people because that's your sensitivity. Whenever yes, ma'am. Stand up. Okay. Her turn. Hello. So basically, she's saying we're racist to everyone. So just deal with it. You're only hearing the black part. You should see this. We do it with Hispanics, Jews, uh, Muslims, Indians. Yeah. We cover it all, honey. Right. Don't worry. Everybody gets their turn on our show. <laughs> Wait till you see what we do with the, you know, it's it's really, it's hysterical. Do, you, do you know what, what we do the, to the mentally handicapped? You're lucky. <laughs> yeah. So Sally, Sally, of course, loving this. <laughs> Thing. When I Excuse me, I'd like to say something at this moment. Address, they only hear the insults about themselves. Okay. I you see the look on her face? I wish I could have got back oh. to that. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. We need a gif. Back. We need a gif. She does this thing with her tongue in her mouth, and she's like, oh, yeah. I say the same thing when I Excuse me, I'd like to say something at this moment. Address, they only hear the insults about themselves. Okay. <laughs> okay, that one right there. <laughs> okay, <don't, laughs> look at that. imagine that's looking at you in the morning. <laughs> oh, uh, she's she had to have she had to have trashed a, a car or a backstage or something. She probably went into a wild rampage, or she pulled into the nearest friendlies and ate them out of business. <laughs> <laughs> After the show, absolutely. What you'll find though later on, because I clipped out some oh. of the other things, because there's a couple of Hispanic ladies on there, and it, it didn't really uh, advance what we were trying to do, uh, because it really we're trying to focus on Robin's segments, and which takes up most of the show. But she decides <laughs> she's going to be talking. She's going to be. She takes over the show pretty much. She's like Sally to the other people on the panel. And she loves to hear herself fucking pontificate. It's really extraordinary. It's it's incredible. And her whole tone, I didn't know you can yell in a monotone voice, but she has this ability to yell at the same pitch throughout the entire thing. She's like crazy Alice, but not as funny. <laughs> funny for me. I'm enjoying this. Okay. I have insults about excuse me, excuse me, everybody's uh, bashing Robin. I'd like to know out of everyone in this audience, how many of you have read her book? I wouldn't read her. Oh, wait a minute, let me talk. You but that's <laughs> only one person has read the book in an audience. This is the best thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just fucking killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Not one per one person reads her. <laughs> I would read their book. <laughs> <laughs> she joined, and I guarantee, I guarantee, because some people went through, like people just by proxy, they said, "Okay, I'm going to go to a book signing to get Robin to see her book, to read her book, and whatever." I guarantee, most people who bought her book never read it. They skimmed to certain parts, but they didn't actually read the whole way, front to front to back. They never read it. There's no way. 
Yeah, let's keep. How many of you have read her book? Number one, if you read her book or even part of the book, you would understand what Robin is about. What Robin does with the Howard Stern Show is a job. That is her job. Now, what they do? Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You had your talk. You had your talk. You had your talk. Excuse me for those of you who have thought that. For those of you who think that Robin has sold out, get to know what Robin is about. She has a book out now. Thanks for the promotion. She must be your agent. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> okay. So Angie just contradicted herself. It's her job. What she does is a job. Um, but she's not a sellout. If you read her book, you know what she's about. You just said you know that it's a job. So you're you're allowing this behavior to exist and this racism to exist because you get right. paid for it. Exactly. Because you just treat you treat it like a job. Yeah. So your, it doesn't your job is to en enable this stuff to go on. Right. So you are a sellout. She's that's the definition of a sellout. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep going. Oh, you only see that now. You see that now, but you don't know her as a person. You see, excuse me. You all saw. I read the. Wait a minute. It's. I read the book. She's got, okay. What Robin? She's got actual copies there. I don't know what for. She's gonna get autographed copies. Hopefully, she's lucky. She. <laughs> unless, unless that was a prop. I mean, come on. Unless they were giving the books at the end of the episode, like everyone's getting Robin's book, <laughs> or it was like um, what was I can't remember. I think it was I think it was Prince. He sold um, CDs with every concert ticket, so he could you know counted his tickets at uh, CD sales and get on the like the billboard. <laughs> you know, doesn't mean they bought your CD, <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And there's this uh, this uh, nun. It looks like a nun behind her. <laughs> I don't know. If she's still answering the question. Did you read her book? Or she want to speak? I'm not sure, but either way, she's. I'm totally in this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, time out. Time out. Hold out. Okay. Hello. Hold. Hold for a minute. And Robin's loving it. She just she she loves being the center of even this negative attention. Loves it. You can hear her laughing. Negative negative or positive as long as robin's allowed to scream at the top of her lungs and be be on camera be, on camera, be the center of attention she doesn't care if it's negative same as howard and all i'm asking you to do is all i'm asking you to do is to be polite to our guests for a minute yes ma'am first of all i want to say peace robin it's been three years i haven't seen you in that long oh I met Robin in 1992 when i did howard stern show twice and if i didn't know the man like I knew when I met him, I wouldn't have done his show. I caught a lot of heat for doing Howard's show. What you doing up there? You a Muslim. But I got to know the man. The man went out of his way to make me comfortable. After the first show, I got a call back for the second show. Okay? Robin, we had a long, we talked, you know, we talked. We got ready, we talked. We got to know each other. It's easy to criticize somebody when you're sitting back wanting to be where they are. Keep on the pizza. Unbelievable. It's not, it's not like she's going to come on the show and he's going to be racist when she's in studio. They, he only, that only happens when they're doing their own sketches or when nobody's in studio. If this were um, the, if Howard were sitting there with all these women coming after him, he would have Ronnie, like, you know, escort him off to the limo immediately. He'd be scared shitless. Absolutely. I think a lot of times we get this thing confused, uh, the differences between race 
and ethnicity. It doesn't matter whether it's a radio show or a TV show or whatever. These things get mixed in because they're done deliberately. There's always been one race. There is no racism. You have different ethnicities. Everybody in here came from one race. When that stuff continues, that misinformation continues, all it does is affect everything. And it's done purposely. And it's done to divide us and whatnot. So if we get back on the track of being informed and being educated, we can avoid a lot of this nonsense that's going on right now. So why couldn't Robin say that? I, I, <laughs> like, like I, I mean, the guy was trying to be a little more inclusive and less divisive, and instead Robin's just shouting down people. Go ahead. Well, in that, in that point that that man just made, like, for example, look at our country. I mean, we're, this was how many years ago? This is 95, <laughs> so yeah, 25 years do ago. Do you think race relations are going well still? Yeah, the more exactly. we like the the more we discuss the differences and you know i, I just he's got a point mm -hmm. <laughs> i want to i want to i agree with him I want to say that I was very appalled and disgusted about the comment that um, Howard Stern made about the tragic death of Selena, the Tejano what music was, star. What excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> okay, so she, first of all, she's Whoa. also interrupting people. Now, by the way, this is the year that uh, basically, if those who, do, who haven't heard it, I'm sure there's any number of channels. I think I have it on mine. If I don't, I'll put it up. This whole saga. So they announced that Selena had died, and then Fred started playing gunshot effects like sound effects throughout the yeah. thing. And then he said they have the worst taste in music and he, and he had to make a, an apology. He, there was a written apology. He had to recite it because he was getting taken off in Texas. I think he lost a couple markets as a result. And of course the worst way to hurt him is to cost him like an affiliate where that's not going in his pocket, the marbles. And yeah, that, might, that might be the only, that might be the only time he actually did a retraction, like an apology. And that must've fucking burned him. But she knows exactly what the comment is. And th this is her defense. What, right. is, what is the comment? You know what the comment is. Well, I think she's hoping for the person doesn't know what they're talking about so she can discredit them. But it's that's not going to happen. What excuse was me. the comment? Excuse me. Excuse me. And he also made a comment, a comment about Hispanic people that I did not agree with. He said that Hispanic music was, was chipmunk music. How could you stand by a man who could sit there and say something like that about a group of people? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. It is not a comedy. It's a Hold comedy on. show. Hold on a second. you don't like that Excuse me. Miss Quivers. Miss Quivers, please give me my chance to speak. Do you I, like excuse all me. Of humor? Excuse me. Excuse me. So she cannot even let people, it's, it's very, it's, it's exactly like Wiggy when he has to argue with anybody on the phone, he has to shout them down that she's learned from him because she's exactly the same way. Well, narcissists can't be wrong That's or correct. listen. Yep. So this is right in line. So, yep. Yep. you know, Bob, this is just Bobby. typical narcissist behavior. Bob D, how's the popcorn? Excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Do not insult, do not ahead, insult, excuse ahead. me, do not insult. I my, heard what excuse you Excuse me, say. miss, you're not letting me finish. Do not insult my people by sitting there and being on stage with Howard Stern and Kane. Do not insult me by not letting me finish. Do not insult Hispanic people that way. Finish. You know, that was not a joke. This woman died tragically, okay? She was a 23-year-old woman and she died tragically. It's not for him to make jokes and put gunshots behind her music. How dare he? How Let's dare you? Can you let him get away? Because you, wait, 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 wait. I understand that you're doing a job and you're on his show, but I think you should have made a comment about it, whether or not you agree with it or not. How do you feel about the comments he made? 
You know, Hispanic people wait, are wait, not wait. You asked her a question. Hello, you asked her a question. And this is actually a very good point because so many years later, I believe, I believe it was earlier, I believe it was last year, uh, it's, it's time's flying. Don Cherry, who's a fa famous, he's from he's from Canada, doing Hockey Night in Canada stuff. He made a thing basically talking about, um, uh, it was Remembrance Day and we wear poppies and what have you. Uh, you Canadians typically do to sell to uh, commemorate the uh, the veterans and the fallen of um, World War One, World War Two, and what happens is he made a comment since along the lines of. You know, these people come over and they enjoy you know, the milk and honey of our life that, you know, the Canadian soldiers have given them. They should. The problem was he uses the word they and he me he meant it as if to say the brown people, the black people, the ethnic people. And he got fired. He got shit canned from a job. This wasn't the first time he made racial um you know, uh, comments that, that were really sensitive to people. And the guy, Ron McLean, who was his host, co-host, he didn't say anything in the moment. And he had to issue an apology. And he didn't lose his job. A lot of people feel he should have because he didn't just say, hey, now hold on. Right. That's Robin's prerogative to say in the moment, now, Howard, I don't, I don't think that's right. That's where she saves herself. If, if there's a time and a place, she's absolutely within her rights to do that. She never does that. Never, ever, ever. She doesn't, you're right, she doesn't do that. The only time she stick, like, for example, this week with the Simona Dinnerstein, that's mm -hmm. what you defend. You defend mm -hmm. that. That You'll make a huge speech defending a pianist and her $10 a ticket concert. But you're not right. going to defend gunshots behind a young, dead Hispanic entertainer. Okay. Who was murdered. Right. It wasn't like she she was cleaning her revolver and it discharged and it went in her, you know, her stomach and she died like Brandon Lee and the crow. The the thing was, uh, well, Raven and I discussed this because we're going to do the breakdown next week. Uh, it's not uh, we, we want to get all the clips properly and put everything in a proper breakdown and not make it just about that. But I asked her, did she get upset in the moment or the next day? And she said it was the next day. And I go, well, then clearly. Dinnerstein heard about it, got pissed off, and said, why didn't you fucking back me up? And then Robin did, probably was pissed that she had to do this, but she didn't have the balls to do it in the moment? What kind of what kind of friend is that? She wasn't even bothered by it. No. At the, day, the day before, I wouldn't have even noticed that there was something to be mad about. Mm -hmm. That she opened the show being mad with that speech that went... Mm -hmm. All over the place. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to apologize to my wife, Nancy. <laughs> it was just like blind rage directed and yeah. some long soliloquy. My point is, anytime Robin gets upset and thinks something's worth defending, is if it affects her directly, yes. and that is only when, is only when she defends things. But yeah, when she's called on it, basically, and then she has taken a task, right. So in this case, she's there in front of a ho very hostile audience, and she has to, and a lot of they're hostile towards him, but he's not there. So she has to take his shit. Imagine you have to take all the flack, and you're his bulletproof vest, and you're, you're really, it's all about him. It's, you're getting, the negative attention is really, um, you're taking the brunt of it. That's got to be galling. Right. She's she's getting it both ways. She gets it in studio when she has to sit there, grin and bear it. And then she has to go to the world and be the defending token. Yeah. So she must just hug that paycheck at night and 
Yeah. Thanks. Give me money, one, money, money. Give me one sec. 51. So what I'm going to play right now, guys, in the middle of uh, the Robin video is I'm going to play the uh, Linda Ronstadt versus Robin on the Tonight Show. And it was the same time as Robin's book promotion. So 95. And uh, and it was the, right that she, she addresses the Selena thing. So this is all in keeping with this year's controversy. And I want you to hear the nonsense that how Robin gets on with because we wanted to illustrate the difference on two different uh, like late night show, daytime show, and how Robin's completely incapable of defending Howard, but she has to. She's forced to. Very nice. Thank you. Oh, you're always terrific. I mean, Lou Harris is on this too, right? She is indeed. Yeah, yeah. That fun? It was fun, but I was kind of distracted when I was singing. I, it's not my place to take issue with one of your guests, but <laughs> I felt deeply upset by what you said. And I think that About it's because... Howard Stern is not really presenting himself as a character, as a lovable bigot. He's really presenting himself I think that people who listen to the show understand what we're doing, and if you're going to react to what you read in the press, then you're going to have this misconception about what we do. But the audience... I think you're shilling for him, and I think he's taking advantage of you. Fine, that's what you think, but I know what we do, and you don't listen, because obviously you have a problem with it, so you can't comment on it. Yeah. She said, you don't listen because obviously you have a problem with it. That's completely nonsensical. She could listen to him, and as a result, have a problem, and that's clearly what what has gone on. Even if she's not now, a fan, I'm sure she heard it. Yeah, that made no sense. But if she, if Linda was in the Sally Jesse Raphael audience, this would have went way. B I she belongs there. Like the audience yeah. here really helped. Big time. She she makes total sense. Yeah. You can comment about things taken out of context and yeah. things you don't understand. I, you don't want to listen. You don't like that kind of radio. You don't have to listen. There are other stations. There's a whole dial. And by telling someone you don't have to listen, it's not addressing the fact that it's the, 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 the thing has been done. Like it, just saying yeah. you don't have to listen is not an answer to why this person is saying this. Why is it, you know, uh, why are you standing by why this is being done? Which is why it's so, to me, outrageous when they were harping on Imus's firing. Because why isn't the defense then? You should be saying, well, if you don't like what Imus has to say, don't listen. Right. Instead, you're going the route of, I can't believe he said that. And so they're just such frauds. Hypocrite they, they don't They don't live by any sort of loyal no, or, they don't live no, by their the, word. They have no, no belief. Code. There's no code. No code. Nothing that is uniform. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't uh, apply to every aspect of everybody else's life. It's only theirs. So their, another narcissist. Their values are completely self-serving. So yes. they don't have any sort of concrete uh, loyalty in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. As a Mexican American, I feel he is very offensive and extremely well, irresponsible. Hey, I, I like you coming. I, I like you coming on. I both like you coming on and speaking your mind. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. 
Okay, so that's the end of that. I just wanted to give you guys that, to, to, you know, to color this this whole Sally Jesse appearance, which we'll get back into. And Robin, again, just don't put a, an 80 IQ up against someone who's making a good, valid point. And she just, and the other thing was, <laughs> she said, I think he's using you. You're shilling for him and he's using you. They couldn't get more insulting than that. It's perfect and it's spot on. And I think Jay, thank God it was like, you know, how they have those timed segments. Yeah. Um, but I thought he handled it well, too. Yeah. I felt bad for him, actually, because no one ever wants to have to moderate that shit show. Anyway, let's continue. Okay. Let her answer. How do you feel, uh, Robin? I, I agree with this woman. I felt uh, that it, having nothing to do with being Hispanic, I felt it was an unnecessary uh, thing to take after the yes. dead like that. Just unnecessary. And after uh, a group. Yeah, we're Sally's only one. What we're asking is, how did you feel? That's her question. All right, you, you again, out of context, right. any number of things on my show could be taken in that light. Okay. First of all, all right, second of all, we do, we have a show that is all about going over the line and exploring the boundaries of bad taste, okay? When we deal with a person who has died, i.e. Kurt Cobain, Selena, we do what we consider our tabloid attempt at a reenactment. But, um, and what we do at that time is, as we're presenting that news story, we might play a person's music or play a segment of their show no, if they're on a no, TV no, show or whatever. No, no, and then no. e if they jumped off a building, you'll hear a, a, you know, no, a body no. drop. If they were shot, you'll hear Excuse a gunshot. Okay, that I was is not aware of You did not answer my question. We did not answer my question, Ms. Quivers. Out of and that proves the my ordinary. Point. We okay. treat all deaths that way. that way. I did not know that. Yes, ma'am. I hasn't. Yeah, Sam. So does that make it better? We we equally <laughs> mock all death. Yeah, we're Rickles. You're welcome. <laughs> Sit down. And she didn't ask that. She asked, yeah. "How do you feel about it?" And specifically, I she guess... asked her about Selena. And right. so Robin's defense is, we would have done the same for just about anybody. We mm. did it for Kurt Cobain. Okay. okay. Okay, but he well he that was one was a suicide. As well, I mean, a lot of people beg to differ now in 2020, but that was an that was an apparent suicide at the time. Selena was an out and out murder by her fan club president. Uh, it was awful. Yeah, really. I remember the stories at the time because I was uh, I had to I was working at the library at the time and I had to take care of all the newspapers, put them in the in the stacks and stuff. And it was like, Jesus Christ! I mean, you, you, this is uh, you know, JFK was was big news this is massive news you know especially for someone who was up and coming and very much would have been way bigger than she than she ended up being in death um because she was she was super like she was on the on the rise absolutely selena at the time i i actually loved her like popular songs on the radio like i i really enjoyed them so hmm. yeah when i was a kid i in some way, I agree with you because there's a lot of things. By yelling at his audience, yelling at her, it's really not going to do anything. As us black people, we have enough problems in this world already. 
and by hating each other, it's not going to solve anything. But I really seriously think that you should stand up for your own race. What am I, I standing up stand for? for? First of all, race. when somebody, for, what we're doing is presenting the fact that there are racists in this country, there is racist thought in this country. You can't address every racist and screaming at them is not going to change their mind. What you should be about is building your own self-image, your own self-esteem and going to get what's yours. Yeah. This is this has been a thing that they've gone on as some horseshit defense for for decades. We are showing that racism exists. No, no, you're causing, you're 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 creating more racism. You're, you're not amplifying destroying. it. You're exactly. I mean, you're actually giving all those fucking Long Island those those Brooklyn dumbos going, oh, if, if you screw the the you know the n words and whatever. And by using those words constantly, you are effectively saying, I condone it. I enjoy it. I want people to use it, whether you like to admit it or not. We're not trying to be woke in in fucking 2020. We're saying that um, you cannot. The, the defense of we're we're just holding a mirror to society no 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 you were contributing to racist thoughts like it or not and you were doing it for ratings and if you, and then we think howard was and he and is inherently racist anyway so he was not going ever going to be bothered by it sam and listen to her she's saying i'm getting mine so why you get yours nobody should care don't even worry about the race as a whole and and moving it forward, that whole speech you made at the beginning about Martin Luther King and being innately a leader and successful and I'm black, I'm black. What, right. what? I guess it's only about you. Until you start, everyone else. Until you get paid to defend the, the stuff, you're not, then you're not black anymore. Now it's build a self-image so you can build your own self and make money and everyone else, who cares about society? I get, right. okay. Good, yeah. Robin. Crackpot. And those rights belong to everybody in America. Hi. Um, I think from what you've said so far, I've gotten a really strong feeling from you. And I, and I like who, what you're about so far. I, I don't know enough about you so far. But I know I got a really good feeling. And I, I believe Howard probably is. isn't like that in real life either. It's, it's, it's all hype. And I feel but like my it's whole a very point sad is we shouldn't be so worried. Excuse she can't even let this person's trying to like defend her and she can't let her finish a fucking thought. The, oh, you're kidding? The white lady with the headband? She doesn't have a chance. <laughs> no way. No, no way. For a second. You made me want to make a point, so I want to address you for a second. The point is every one of us should be concerned about what we think of ourselves and how we feel about the world. Our show is for you to listen and contrast your opinions with what you hear. We are giving you a picture of the world and then you can say, oh yeah, I know people who think that way. There are people who talk that way and people who feel that way. What do you do about it? Do you go home to your room and cry because people don't like black people or do you go on and realize those are stupid comments that people make that is a stupid thought process that goes on in this country. So you're saying you're stupid and you're saying yeah, you're forgetting what you said. You do run away when someone calls you out for being late for the Cleveland book signing and you I, walk out on your job. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even understand this argument. I thought he wasn't inherently racist and right. I, I thought it was all just humor. Right. He's painting a picture. Well, he's holding, like I said, holding up a mirror against the, you know, the racists of the world and, and making and, and parodying it. She doesn't even, by the way, mention, she says sketch, she says sketch. So I guess inherently she's talking parody. But the whole point is when he was before the Selena thing, 
he was mocking a death and then he started going on about Tex-Mex music or uh, like a te to Tejano. Sorry, my mistake. I keep <laughs> Tex-Mex is a cuisine. Um, he was <laughs> saying, saying Latinos have the worst taste in music and shit like that. I remember, I may have heard the stuff, I heard the saga and there wasn't any nuance. He literally just flat out said it. Where's yeah. the satire? There was not, I'm doing an impression of a DJ who's racist. Right. <laughs> it's that deep. <laughs> like all of a sudden he was fucking, <laughs> all of a sudden he was, uh, you know, Mr. Show. All right, let's right. keep going. Let me take a break. We'll be right back. Gotta love that face. Yeah, I love that smile. And she smiles and laughs. Yeah. She's Talk crazy. Today, radio co-host Robin Quivers, and she's been working with Howard Stern for the past 14 years. Yes, ma'am. Robin, um, I've been a fan of the show for so many years. I don't think Howard Stern is a racist. I'm Jewish, and last year when Schindler's List came out, he put down Jewish people who died in concentration camps. I mean, I, I got a little annoyed, but I'm not going around screaming about it. I love Howard Stern. I love you. I love the whole show. And well, it's not racist when a Jew makes fun of other Jews. It's self-loathing. There's a difference. So yeah, this thanks. is a non-argument, stupid. What is this, like... The retarded Marianne from Brooklyn. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I listen to the show. Okay. Uh, and by the way, this gives you this this gives you a little insight into their audience. Yeah, I think so. This it's is the like, only fan in the audience. <laughs> when you said it was like a retarded Marianne, it wasn't like Marianne's a fucking Mensa member. Do women really like get undressed in the, in the uh, studio? And, like, oh, absolutely. Really, we don't really fake happens. anything. Yes. And, okay. We don't fake anything. We do a sketch show. We don't fake anything. Which is it? It's all real. It's all a skit. It's a character. We're being real. <laughs> yeah. Run a, turn off the channel if you don't like it. Pick your favorite excuse and go with the joke. That was the <laughs> but I'd also like to point out what that woman is saying. When you listen to the show over the course of time, you understand what it's all about. It's very but as different. I said, when you listen, out of context, you can misunderstand anything. It's very different when you listen when you don't. Yes, ma'am. I understand that you said it's a job and it's, it's, no, it's, I did not say that was a job. Well, Somebody in the audience said, said that. It. They understand that you know it's your job. I know what I'm doing. I'm very proud of the okay, job. Okay, all I of do. that, all of that. But don't you feel a responsibility to people who are in the, you know, since you're a public eye, don't you feel responsibility? To I carry myself in a way that I'm very proud of, and that's the example. Okay, you don't read anything about Robin Quivers doing anything untoward. I am there as a positive example. When you sit and say to me that all black people talk like this, I'm sitting right there, not doing it. That's the example. I am there. I am the example. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. So. Just because she doesn't talk like the lady asking her a question, which, by the way, is highly fucking insulting. Yeah. That's the example. I can talk well, so I'm doing my job for my black community. Thank you. <laughs> no more yeah. questions. By being completely, uh, the, like, the antithesis of being proactive, I'm actually... Uh, now, inherently, what she's saying isn't entirely incorrect. I mean, is, isn't entirely wrong, because... It's true. If you display yourself, if you show yourself in a certain way and you conduct yourself in a certain way, yes, you can be a role model, but it's a very passive way to deal with the, the subject at hand. The fact is, people are asking, what do you do in the moment? He makes these racist comments. Well, by not participating in them, you're doing what exactly? Other than right. enabling him. 
and saying, providing him with the backup, because every time someone calls in, we'll, say, well, Robin was working for me. She wouldn't work with a racist. Well, she would if the paycheck was big enough, and clearly she did and has. Right. Like, um, f- for example, uh, say you're a Nazi. You weren't the ones that were sh- shoving Jews in the oven, but you took the uh, you were working in the n- doctor's office or, you know, getting them right. off the train. You just you still didn't do anything. Right. So, right. You, Robin, you're not you're not better for sitting there. You're and complicit. Yes, you're complicit. Correct. And. I will say if that were just the excuse she was making and saying, I'm the example and, and how I conduct myself and that's all I can be in control of. Okay. If that was the only, if that's your reasoning, fine, but that's not all she said. She's just come up with a hundred excuses out of her ass that all conflict with each other. (laughs) This is the, this is the tail end. I said, For an example, what I wanted to know was, don't mm-hmm. you feel some responsibility for the people who don't understand that it's an entertainment show? Don't you feel a responsibility to carry it a little better than what you're doing? All they have to do. And that's a good question. That's a very good question. And and let's see, let you know. Yes. Yeah, and wouldn't and wouldn't they be confused about what the show is because you you're portraying it as so many different things. You're talking. You're saying we discuss and take issues head on. Right. We, it's a comedy show. It's an entertainment show. It's a bit. It's a character. It's real. Like, right. so we, you're right. You owe people an explanation for what this actually is. Correct. Who is either listen or don't. Okay. But don't comment on things you don't know if you don't listen. Now that that's an erroneous. If you read a full transcript, but you didn't listen to the show, you what you didn't get the gist of it. Right. You know, it's stupid. Anyway. All right. Wait, so, wait, wait. Yes. What's the problem? The problem is she's talking about all. All races have problems like that. I'll stop. I'll stop. But just to give the context, this Patty, I think her name is this Latino woman. I think she's Puerto Rican uh, in the uh, in the panel. She said basically she wishes she was another. She wishes she was not Puerto Rican or something like that. So this is where Robin <laughs> decides she's going to take over Sally's job a little. Black, white, whatever. Everybody has problems. She cannot say on one person, on one race. You can't name a problem that belongs to any particular group. Mm-hmm. You may have encountered in your life right. those kind of people, those kind of examples, but you should not label your whole race and you shouldn't label yourself because you are Puerto Rican. You can never deny where you come from. That's true. That's true. You know what? Yeah, go ahead. You know what? I will say this is kind of interesting because now in 2020, all we do is talk about the victimhood and what everything that one specific race is up against all the time. I mm-hmm. mean, that's basically how things are portrayed and brought up now. So this is like a complete flip of the coin where mm-hmm. they're they're saying all these people and all these races have problems. It's how we solve them together as a society. And everybody experiences these woes. Well, now we're actually... People are trying to capitalize on we're more victims of this and we're Di- more oppressed than this. And Division, we're... yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's kind of but crazy. It's not my birth certificate, but if I had the chance, I'd change it. Oh, only, 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 wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Only, but that's. 
I don't need a raise. I am me and who I make of myself. Daisy, you have to address Sally and who Sally's talking. I guess the real question is, what do you identify? Who do you identify with? And if you don't necessarily want to be, you know, uh, Frankie, uh, Frankie the, <laughs> like, good fellas, I think, um, I don't want to say the word, but Frankie the Italian American, you know, if you, if you don't identify with uh, uh, your, your heritage, is that, is that a character flaw? No. You just want to be yourself. You don't want to be, uh, you know, you don't have to, you know, Italian flag on your bumper sticker. You don't want to, you know, dress like a Guido and stuff. That's perfectly acceptable. No one's denying that this is a way, this is, this is wrong. No one's saying that this is wrong to behave like this. Right. And I also don't agree with, this is a, it's kind of bordering on like, this personally isn't, but this uh, whole episode, but I don't like the mob mentality of everyone needs to behave this certain way or you're mm -hmm. not, you're, you're doing not some, you're not, you're not treating, you're doing something wrong to your race. You're offending your race by like, right. say, if you're a black conservative, you're a race traitor, like right. that's fucking lunacy. So mm -hmm. I'm not of the, I think everybody should be able to think for themselves and sure. But this kind of mob mentality, I don't subscribe to. Like Robin, though, this isn't what they're doing. They're asking her to specifically, in specific examples, defend this and tell me why you didn't stick up for um, when these certain injustices are happening in your face. Right. Why did you just sit back? Why this did you write about... Yeah. yeah. Why did you write about being more of a black, like a black militant in your youth to bolster up your self-confidence and talk about when you decided you went to shift from that and you're not going to be that way. You're going to be, I'm just going to be Robin. I'm not going to be black. I'm not going to be anything. I'm just going to be myself and not let my race define me. That would be acceptable. That would be perfectly fine. Everybody would buy that. But on this show, she's run the fucking gamut. It's like a fucking, like an acid test. <laughs> you know, you could like a pH test, every single color of, you know, different shades of indifference, of, you know, yeah. indignance, of everything. And you can't take anybody uh, that seriously that talks out of every side of their mouth. And now, just like a page from Wiggy, she becomes the host when she's uncomfortable. Absolutely. The approach to take, the approach to take would be, for example, you should, you should, you would definitely gain something from learning about your culture and on, a, on an intellectual level. You may not identify as a Greek kid because, you know, it was your great, great grandmother that came over on the boat, but you would absolutely benefit from learning more about where you did come from originally, your roots on a, on a, just a, a knowledge level. So maybe consider that. Yes. But that's not my, my choice. Not her choice. But the point is, Daisy, if you're not living that way, you are the living example that Puerto Ricans don't have to be that way. And all Puerto Ricans are not that way. You have to be proud of you. <laughs> Robin's in her element here. <laughs> Let me just get in the middle of all this. <laughs> oh, she is yeah. so, she really is crazy. This also, uh, okay, this is 95, so 10 years later, she's angling to get her own show. But could, this is just her on a talk show. Could you imagine her as a host? Oh, fuck, I still, oh, I, I wish. At least I asked, once a week in my head, I mentally think about this. I'm like, please, God, send me a present and give me those goddamn tapes. I want to see that pilot. I want to like message Sony and say, guys, I will give you 500 bucks literally to get this fucking tape. <laughs> you know, we'll put a GoFundMe to show this. At least someone put it on the YouTube. Don't make it a nondescript channel. Make it you private. Know what? 
I, I swear to Christ, Fillmore, when I saw that one channel go up that has been posting the most amazing old clips that I haven't yeah. seen in forever, or yeah. sometimes at all, the first time I've been I've seen them. Sure. I'm like, please God, drop the pilot. Please God, drop the pilot. No, no. Someone I'm I'm almost certain someone at Howard TV had a copy, but whether they would keep something like that is beyond I I think is a little almost impossible because it was something that would get lost it was something that yeah what the what the fuck am i going to do with it it's not like i can release it and th this wouldn't have existed like podcasts were still well in the future in 2005 um or still very you know in their infancy but imagine being able to fucking look at that talk show and dissect it it would be fantastic i don't even care what the topic would have been <laughs> you know my bir my birthday was this week or like yeah. Yeah, last week or whatever. So the, no, actually this week, Monday. So um, I when I was at my mom's house and I had to make a wish, I literally, <laughs> I know you're not supposed to say it out loud, but yeah. in my head, that's what I thought. And she asked and she, my, me, she goes, what did you wish for? I go, everyone health and happiness. And like, I was really thinking about the Robin pilot. <laughs> really? Why? Like, well, that's so, that's I'm so... Really I guess I've been researching for the 15 foundation oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. extra stuff. So it was just on my mind. And I don't know, it just popped in my head. I'm like, damn it. I really want that episode. <laughs> oh God. I want that more than this is the thing. Okay. Let's give you a pathetic. <laughs> I, I know. Well, we're, we're, we're cutting into this, making it longer than it should be. But here, so I'm going to give you two, like it's a one or the other. One hand has this one hand has that Robin pilot in one hand. Um, and let's say, okay, um, Allison and uh, Howard's divorce settlement in the other. You can take one. Oh. <laughs> Sophie's choice. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I would take the Robin. I take thing the pilot because I think we can kind of garner what she got. I mean, the specifics. Yeah we can kind of fill in the blanks. We might not know it all, but considering how life has played out and looking at Ralph and everything, I yeah. can kind of guess what happened. <laughs> Pretty much. As a human yeah, being, and you are also, that's part of who you are. You are Puerto Rican, <laughs> and you should stand up and say that proudly. You're not responsible for every other Puerto Rican and how they act in the world. That is not your job. But you know, oh, okay, okay. So Robin is using this Puerto Rican as her conduit for her whole argument about you're not responsible for blacks and making them look good. Just worry about yourself. Well, I mean, there's there's a is, there's an argument to that, yes, but she's yeah. drilling this in her because she's upset about how she was treated. It's oh, not yeah. even about that lady. Yeah. I'm telling you. This is okay. We'll go into it a little later. So I'll let's. We only got five minutes of the clip or six minutes. So let's let's power through. They will. The They'll get through. Because Just I stand here with me. You're, you have to be like I am, relatively okay. calm. Let's go. I have several comments directed at your guest. First of all, I'm from Canada and I'm not familiar with your show. There you go. Okay. However, I would welcome the opportunity to have your radio show. Several years ago, there was an attack on women at University of Montreal, which is my university. Yeah, it was horrible. It called Polytechnique. It was a guy, um, he killed 15 uh, female students and then killed himself. Uh, it was... Uh, Awful. It was uh, 1989, oh. I believe. It was uh, one. It was the one of the. I think it, it might be to date the largest uh, massacre, gun massacre in Canada, and it was extremely shocking. I was in grade nine at the time, and um, we were all kind of taken aback because it was so not Canada, right? 
So that was like pre-Columbine too. So that was your, yep. that was like your Columbine. Absolutely. And it was, it was, it was every one of the reasons why you're going, well, this is why we don't fucking have guns in our country. Whether you guys want to talk about, that's a whole other issue. I'm not even going to address it guys, but, um, uh, and we're not going to get political like we said on the show, but, um, the, as a result, um, loads of like, um, uh, what do you call them? Not found it. I was going to say, Women's AIDS Foundation, women's aid foundations like uh, like um, crisis counseling centers start popping up. Like funding went big time into that because imagine those students on that campus and uh, with the PTSD that would have come from, you know, same with Virginia Tech, all these places where this happens, especially at a school. And uh, and the Sandy Hook thing, for example, God, I was fucking crying when I, when so, I heard that story. Oh. Yeah, it, it, that one was brutal. So your country something awful happened and they changed things so and helped your citizen that's nice <laughs> well, well i mean they, they they didn't almost know and nobody knew what to do really it was just such a, an anomaly but uh so anyway this is it's, it's odd that this this person is in the audience too i don't know why they would be i don't know where sally filmed but uh, maybe she was visiting family and got tickets but either way she speaks very how do you know she's canadian she's apologizing for getting on the mic <laughs> <laughs> women were shot. The following morning, all the radio shows, the rock stations, were very serious. It was called tact. Had they were making jokes of it, I would just do what all, I think a lot of the audience members should do who are hostile. Shut it off. That's right. That's what you should do. If something is bothering you, you shut it off. Very good point. We'll be right back. But the truth is, most people would take most <laughs> most people would fucking take umbrage. Sorry for this visual, guys. Uh, and there would get shitloads of complaints. The average person might turn it off, but there will be an equal number of people that would complain and protest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know the, this visual that we're looking at? She looks <laughs> like you know the movie Curly Sue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that she that looks like a little if grew girl up. <laughs> if she grew up to live in a whorehouse and smoke crack. <laughs> she was, <laughs> I forget the She's name of the cutie. kid. But anyway. if she ate a lot of meth and drank scotch, this is what she would grow up to be. <laughs> yeah, a lifetime of hoagies, guys. This is what happens. I do. I think white people have a lot of resentment toward blacks. I think they, they really, they still don't. They st so she had a representative of a white person who hated being white, and this was her. I live in a neighborhood where there are the situation is these black people, okay, Afro-Americans, they are here. <laughs> you know how old that is where someone actually uses that term. Michael Richards might have been the last person to use the term Afro-Americans. <laughs> I am so mortified. <laughs> it is. And the amount of, uh, by the way, the amount of like accessorizing here on stage is incredible. Must The weight of the stage must have been impactful. If this is white, I'm embarrassed of my race. Yeah. <laughs> human, okay? We are all human. If I cut my wrist, you cut yours. I am telling you, the blood is going to be red. There is not going to be a difference in the blood. And the fact of the matter is, is that these people deserve their chance. But why and they're hospitable people. But why do you need to be black in order to feel better about yourself? If we're all human beings, why can't you be who you are and feel good about it? I am. This is me. I've been like this for years. This ain't no act. This ain't no overnight thing. None of so she decided she this this is that the, 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 that one was supposed to be a, 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 a like a Rachel Dolezal except like urban like really you know go ahead uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I got that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> that they threw Robin in with all of this. This is yeah. hilarious. This yeah. is so fucking hilarious. So do you think she went under, like, there's no way they would just spring this on her. This is the way Howard's presenting it. Like, we're going to, like, we're going to have you on the show. Do you really believe Sally Jesse would have her on under false pretenses to plug her book? I don't think so in a million years. I'm sure they pitched it to her say, look, we have a race-related panel. We're not going to do a show devoted to plugging your fucking book. We have to find a way to do it in the context of how our show would normally work. So, and she, being the narcissist that she was, she's like, it's TV. Of course I'll do it. Because she was desperate. Listen, they probably gave her one segment and then she chose to stay on for the panel because, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they gave her an option to say, okay, you want to do, um, a little interview and then answer some questions and then be on your way. And then Robin probably stayed for the whole thing because Robin loves to be the center of attention. I bet you they gave her an option. I don't believe for a minute they sprung this on her after the fact and put up the graphic and that was, you know, they wouldn't want to make it. um, I don't think she was sandbagged at all. I believe they gave her this option. Look, you want to appear on this, you can plug your book and you can talk about race. That's the angle. And she said, knowing... Who else is calling her? Oprah's not calling her. Donahue wasn't calling her. Well, I don't even know if he was on the air back then in 95. But why not? And so I'm sure. So Howard's defense the next day, his attack was all about, oh, you know, they had everything planted. And you'll hear it, guys. But I don't buy him for a. We know he's a fucking bullshit artist. So Robin, I'm sure because she's (laughs) quiet through most of his his haranguing. um, She knew all about this. This was no surprise. No, I I definitely think it was no surprise. I think Howard's spinning it complete bullshit. You know, what is a surprise is when he goes on shows like Jay Leno and does all this bullshit showboating and lesbians and then has a shit fit when somebody doesn't like a surprise. Yeah. Meanwhile, he will never be surprised. He's saying, like, I prank. No one else. No one's coming on the show last minute or a surprise guest or whatever. Unless it was, like, a super A-list person, then I don't think he would give a fuck. But afterwards, he might because, like, I didn't have time to get my Wikipedia notes together for Jack Nicholson or whoever. So, uh, you know, uh, there's two sides of it. He could be really pissed off. These days, I think he'd be more liable to be pissed off if an A-list guest just dropped by because... He would have given like Gary shit. How did you tell me this guy was coming on? What kind of idiot are you? Right. Well, you know. he doesn't read the books anyway. Like exactly. you read Matthew McConaughey's book. You <laughs> bring. Well, you have to assume he can read, and we don't. We don't know that for a fact. Let's see. Okay. Meet Sean. Sean, you've been sitting there kind of quiet. <laughs> Sean would probably tell you that you are crazy to want to be black because. Sean is black and he's embarrassed by his race. He says it has gotten so bad that he would like to exclude himself from Sean's also a friend Dorothy. <laughs> Beside the point. Yeah. So say like so say this young man doesn't like being black because well, I don't know, say he's bullied or made fun of or whatever. Sure. Do you think yeah. turning into the Stern show would help a kid who's already ashamed of his race feel better about it or worse? <laughs> Very good question, Sam. Being black. Sean, why? Just tell us um, why. I, first of all, I'm very proud to be black. I like to be black. I have a very strong mother and grandmother who raised me and they were very strong black influences on me. What I mean by I'm embarrassed 
I'm embarrassed by other black people they present themselves socially. You have to admit that they present themselves very poorly in social settings. That is. <laughs> Wouldn't he be a great Carlton stand-in for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh <laughs> like, my god! <laughs> like if Alfonso Ribeiro just like dropped out, you could just throw him in, plug him in, and just you know have fun with it. Is he the original Candace Owens? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The fact that is the fact. I, I, I have worked in re I have worked in retail for over four years. And the way that the black teenagers, the black older people come into the mall and act is to me that's it, it, it's it's really disgusting. That the way they act and they that they treat other people. They are very loud. But aren't there rude, white teenagers? Obnoxious. Yes, but 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 this is the thing. You don't see them, you see the blacks over anybody else. They are the ones that want to be heard over everyone else. They are loud and belligerent. That's what, that's in my experience. I'm not saying this is for everybody. This Sam? Is this Candace Owens' father? <laughs> we need to look this up. Shit. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> Might have to play a clip just to uh, illustrate the, different, the, the similarities, I suppose. Oh, yeah, we have to. Right now? Yes, go for the one on YouTube with Cardi B, where she's talking about Cardi B. Okay, uh, let's see. Candace... Owens. Oh, it just says right there. Versus Cardi B? No, no. Uh, up, up. Okay. Yeah, just do that. So. Uh, yep. Yeah, per perfect. Yeah. First one? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, what is up, Instagram? I'm going live on Instagram. This is the second time I've ever gone live on Instagram, but I just felt like I really wanted to clear the air on this Cardi B nonsense. Okay. And? Be honest with yourself. If you're not being honest with yourself, then that, then you know, I'm just being honest. I'm being Robin, realistic about. Okay, now let's go back to Candace. Go, go a little bit further. Uh, go a little bit further. That's ignorant and stupid. And Joe Biden knows it's ignorant and stupid. Even all the people that want free health care and universal health care acknowledge that tax rates have to be astronomical to be. <laughs> you're right. There is an amazing, <laughs> there's an amazing cadence similarity there. Yeah. What would you say to Sean? That's well, what I said. I said it's in my experience. This Excuse is, me. I'm not talking here for everyone. His name Sean. Yes. Sean, why do you become personally embarrassed if people who, who are out there in the mall are acting in a way that you would not act? Because they might think that I'm the same way. They might say, well, he's black. Oh, well, let me go to this white sales person. Excuse me. Now, this is not an uncommon way of thinking, guys, because people often, people often, there's the, the idea that when you travel, you're an ambassador for your country, whether you like it or not. But, Sean, you can't run your life that way. I'm, you have to represent Sean when you're and that, in your you workplace and wherever you go. So, there are, there are people of all persuasions who act up and get out of control and do the wrong things. Okay, we cannot sit around saying it's embarrassing to be me because somebody over there. I'm not did saying it's embarrassing to be me. Wrong, and I'm that. afraid people that. will think that's me. That. that is that person's problem. Okay, if they okay, want well, to characterize all black people by one that they met, that is their problem. But you know what? It happens. That's the reality of it all. That and you happens. have the opportunity to make them think differently because you represent yourself well. And I do, and I do that for myself. Okay, please listen. Um, Sally, I really don't understand this because my family, we call them the melting pot. We have blacks, we have Spanish, we have Italian, we have Jewish, we have everything. Man, I'd love to eat at this, this woman's dinner table. I would love that family gathering. Uh, that sounds, that sounds like so much. That sounds like so much fun. 
I'm not even joking. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. God, that would be great. And everybody in our family gets along. Everybody. Two of my sisters weekend men. One of my brother has an Italian wife. My family is mixed. We have a little bit of everything. This is a in case you're in case you're asking yourself, this is a show about pride and belief in oneself. That's what should have pride in themselves. Okay. We'll be right back. Yeah. So the one woman who might have had something interesting and I don't know, <laughs> interesting and melting pot and, you know, bring it all around together. Sally cuts her off and let's, let's we'll be right back. I just want to congratulate you on your book. And Thank I think you. in spite of all the. Is that sure one of Brendan Murphy's creations? <laughs> oh, oh. It, everything in the early 90s is this shirt it's like all bad wallpaper and bathrooms oh, don't don't remind me my, my wardrobe choices were not well they were i was actually a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy for the longest time so i can't say i was awful but some of the some of the, some of the things were there was no options this, yeah. it was all this Pre-eBay, guys. Controversy, I think you're a beautiful person. Well, you know what? Let me just say one thing. I yeah. learned about dealing with controversy from one of my role models when Muhammad Ali came along. And oh. he's doing all the things oh. that we were told we weren't supposed to do. That fucking sacred cow that he, she brings up as a, as a role model. Meanwhile, she treated him like shit in her own book. <laughs> She's talking about some kind of role model. <laughs> okay, but Muhammad Ali did the opposite of what you did. He right. did the hard thing. And took a hard line stance in sports to say he is not agreeing with certain wars, that he doesn't yeah, like politics. the way black people are treated. Absolutely. He became Muslim, right? And so she did the hard thing. Robin Absolutely. did the easy thing, but she somehow makes herself, uh, I don't know, a Muhammad Ali prodigy that she sees herself in him. I, I don't know how. On a side note, it pissed me off so much in history, knowing that he was uh, ab absent from the sport during his prime fighting years, and we missed all kinds of great bouts that he was not there for because he wasn't allowed to fight, and we never really got to see him in his prime. But uh, yeah, he was—he was that. You're talking role models, Jesus Christ! I mean, I, I don't really like the way he treated Joe Frazier uh, in, uh, you know, like the, and I, he was not seen as. Uh, Joe Frazier was right to be pissed off by uh, Ali, and, and it was, uh, but at the same time, a lot of people did look up to him, absolutely, you can't deny that. Nobody applauded him either. None of these black people were applauding him, but he kept doing it because he believed in himself, and I believe in myself. In fact, I just gave a speech not too long ago at the Parkinson Foundation dinner to honor Muhammad Ali, and I have always been proud of who I am, and it comes from a deep-seated pride. I don't have to yell at people to prove it. I don't have to dress in a certain way to prove it. I don't have to talk with my hands to prove it. All I have to do is stay in this skin and be proud of who I am. Yes, Sean. She Robin Quivers well, for being our guest. Almost and to tell you that she's written an excellent book they called Quivers, A Life. That's right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for being with us. See you next time. And she referenced it early on. So it was, a, you know, a, a lot of a book a promo for her. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Okay, so she completely contradicted herself. She yelled through the whole episode and talked with her hands. But that's not what she needs to do to get her point across and represent herself. Okay, so she's a complete walking paradox. Yeah. And 
then the other point is it it just makes she makes absolutely no sense and she looked hysterical so if you were trying to be the prideful example that you say you are Mm-hmm. to these to this audience wouldn't you display and carry yourself that way you interrupted people you shut them down you didn't answer their questions and you screamed the entire episode yeah. absolutely so what's the I, i'm trying to figure out what, where she thought she was doing right so uh give me one sec sam I know well don't we're... worry though Fillmore, because she'll go back to now she gets to be the tortured soul and poor me i got drilled so then howard can laugh this up and make it about himself. You have to dismantle and rip them. them apart. I, 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 I like Artie. So I let's like say if people Robin. work for Robin, and, yes. and, and let's say they can't work with Robin, and Robin will not see their point of view. Right? She will right. only it's see big, her own. It, it's exactly the, that. Is that a case with you and me? No, absolutely but, not. But, 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 but that's because Howard's enormously famous. Hey, hey, hey. What are you talking about? He wasn't enormously famous when I met him. Yeah, but he was your ticket. No, I was thinking my about ticket. I, God knows he was my ticket to hell. See? I was thinking. I was thinking.